All right, here we go. Wait, wait, damn, boom! You just chugged that joint, dog. I, I Ready for action, boy? Let's get this thing. I can, he, I can hear him just guzzle that joint. Let me move it away from the microphone, man. Judging my disability. Please do. Do you know how much I edit out uh, sparking and like it's all boom? The gummy bear snacks, foil <laughs> yeah. hot dogs gummy, he smuggled in from a from a gummy baseball bears, game. beers, and weed. Yeah. Yes. Welcome back to another week of DEFCON Jive. This is your boy Cannon, a.k.a. Pastor Troy Palomalu. We might be cutting, but not my hair. Right, right. A.k.a. Space Ghost Rider. The spirit of vengeance rides coast to coast. Ooh. (laughs) B.k.a. Vince McManny Fresh. I'm out here wrestling with your girl, but I'm still fly. Ooh. (laughs) I love it. What up, what up? It's your boy Quams, aka Tybo Jackson, but you already knew that. BKA Shook Knight Rider, you know, but we're not going over that. CKA <laughs> Marky Mark Twain, writing these mm. Southern street poems in my underoos. <laughs> Stealing from black culture. BKA <laughs> El Chupanabra. <laughs> popping up with mad shenanigans going down just to look at you like you stupid. <laughs> yup. Yup. Yo, shout out to the listeners. It's your man, Earl Lafayette, a.k.a. Tony Rono, B.K.A. Dak to the Future, C.K.A. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Biff Cosby. We out here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your man, Boom Dynamite, a.k.a. It's Dak, Daddy, not your Daddy Mac. Bitch, you got a crisscross if you think you're having that. A.k.a. Kendrick Lamar Jackson. I'm overly dedicated to winning the Heisman. I want to be top dog. <laughs> BKA DJ Camilo Alvarez. I knock niggas out because I'm a heavy hitter. <laughs> AKA JC on Taylor. I stick fat niggas for beautiful girls before I get out of the mill. The game. BKA the Republican Party. There's too much questionable shit going on, so I sent Trump back to Oz with the rest of the flying ass monkeys. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, uh, quick side note though. Canelo don't want to face Triple G. I just want to put that out there. Canelo, get on, get that dude, bro. Triple G ain't about that work. Nah, nah. Nah. Anywho. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, Boone killed me with the Dak Maddie. <laughs> yeah. The Dak Daddy, not the not the Daddy yeah. Mac. Uh, shout out to Beanie Siegel. Yeah. You see him on that on that on that meat joint too, man. Yeah. I needed that for the United. You know what I'm saying? Mac back. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, son. Uh, they're they're, they're, they're going to become the uh, uh, North Philly son, led by Kim Jong Illidel, son. <laughs> it's on the way. Kim Jong Illidel half life. Exactly, yeah. son. It's on the way. Yeah. Kim Jong Illidel. You're going to see Phil so and John Kerry negotiating with uh, <laughs> with Malik B. <laughs> Just Beanie Siegel in the background with Philly's most wanted. You know what I'm saying? Bringing up the rear. Right. <laughs> With the diplomats, dog, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Jones, ambassador. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be a horrible, uh, horrible, horrible. <laughs> that would be a horrible idea. So, 
Barack Obama in the room with Jim Jones and B.D. Siegel. I need to be in that room. Yeah. No, I, Vamp life. I feel like Barack's, you know what I'm saying, alternate you know, personality, similar to a, a Rusty Trillson would emerge when it's just <laughs> the three of them alone in the room. <laughs> Yeah, shout out, shout out to Obama too. You know, my man Max B just got a sentence reduced. You know, what I'm saying the way he's coming right. home soon, man. Right? Yeah, I saw Wait, that. He's coming home. Did, did Obama have something to do with that? I'm, I'm assuming he had something to do. You know, what I'm saying with that joint because he had 75 years. You know, what I'm saying on the joint. So <laughs> I don't know who what else was it. What was it reduced to? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm know, sorry, but guys. it's it's reduced enough that he's coming home. Oh shit! Yeah. Free Max B. Ow. <laughs> Maybe Obama's just that wavy dude. Mm. Yeah, interesting. So before we jump into the podcast proper, I gotta give an update on the squads for the podcast. Um, right now the Packers are playing, so Kwame, we won't know for you. We can pray. Uh, though. My yeah, my Eagles play tomorrow night, so we don't know for me. But yeah, Booms Cowboys one Fourth and quarter one. Win. Fourth quarter win. This is the first time we won. Without Tony Romo, the last season, you know what I'm saying? We lost all ten games. We lost the first one this season. Yeah, y'all did. This is the first game that we won without Tony Romo, man. We out you. Yeah. Uh, Remy's Browns, zero and two. Scraps Chiefs, one and one. The real Alex Smith came and, out today. <laughs> and LeBron James Bond. Oh no! With the O and oh, two. Oh no way! Burnt face killer. <laughs> so there's your update on the. Uh, Favorite teams for the podcast. Wait, did you say Remy's Browns? Yeah, yeah. Remy reps the Browns. He's all in on uh, Bob Griffin. Wait, what? Attorney at law. Yeah. Yeah, Bob, Bob is his prepaid lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. So he's, Y'all he's be all killing you with Browns. that Bob, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that Esquire. Don't shortchange the man, though. Um, excuse me, Bob Griffin, Esquire, attorney at law. Consigliere nature. He's about to bring in this millionaire paper. So dumb. Bob runs the firm? Yes, I'm trying to tell you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, Bob, Bob runs the firm, which is why Foxy Brown's math was so bad. You know what I'm saying? The, oh, the numbers no. weren't adding up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. Bob Griffin was finessing money out the joint. You know what I'm saying? Mm. All these years we figured out why it didn't add up. I was like, hold on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wait. Now we got three quarters of another key? No, you don't. Wait, hold up. No, you don't. 32 halves for all chopping in half is 16. Double it times three. How do you we double it times three? Which means a whole lot of keys. Divide the problem it? by four, subtract it by eight. We back to 62. Now add another two that nature that bring make, it through. Yeah. 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 Wait, I need, to, I need to look at that and see if the order of operations. Yeah, I got to write that one down. <laughs> So when you double it Then you multiply it by three I don't You just multiply it by three You just forget the double part Yeah like, I'm, like Were there parentheses involved The double in doesn't there, exist Femdos ho Like I'm, I'm not sure if these It was times two divided by two Like what, what happened I don't know I'm just pretty sure no. That the commutative property Of algebra Might not have been followed there Yeah Now let's see If we flip this other key Then that's more for me Mad Mad, 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 Mad Leak Plus a five hundred. Now cut it in half, half at two fifty. Two fifty. Now triple that. We times times three. Times three. We got three quarters of another key. key. Pretty sure. Mm. Pretty sure that times three should have been done first. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We might have to go back and examine. Uh, affirmative it. action. One of the best songs on it was written with terrible math. If there are more than four, you know, three people in the in the firm, why are you multiplying stuff by three? You know <laughs> it's four people. Why are you times you know it by three? Because somebody didn't Nature get that gets cut. nothing. <laughs> oh, Nature moved to Marcy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I forgot. There, 
boom. There's nothing else to say, man. Nature moved to Marcy. Yeah. And Cormago's locked up, knocking out Rockers Island, so I guess. Rockers Island champ. You're right. Times three. Makes sense now. Yeah, there you go. So let's move into actual topics. <laughs> uh, Disrupt San Francisco took place, and uh, a pretty big story emerged from there concerning uh, Blavity, which is which has been noted as the BuzzFeed for Black Millennials. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but regardless, uh, Kwame, you were looking in on this. What you got? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I tried to follow it. I try and stay up on some of the tech news just to, you know, see what's coming on the horizon, what's emerging that might be important and relevant, you know what I'm saying, in this brave new world that we're living in. Um, the joint for the joint for Blavity is dope. Like you said, they you know what I'm saying, they're raising a million in funding, um, trying to redesign their site, just become a little bit more um reachable and intuitive in their web design, uh, which is cool. You know what I'm saying? I go in there. Uh, a few times I try and stay up to date, you know what I'm saying, with a lot of the um, black uh, media and lifestyle sites just so that I can get a perspective that may not be accurately portrayed in, in you know what I'm saying, other parts of the web. So it's pretty dope for them. Um, and then the other thing that I, I kind of, you know, was paying attention to was just the fact that, you know, Obama's been in president, you know, he's been the president <laughs> for the last eight years, right? And yep. so... Um, I think I believe under his um, leadership, this is the first time we've had like a national, like a CTO um, for like the United, like a CTO for the United States. You know what I mean? That's that kinda, a good point. That kind of sets policy, uh, or or at least a- attempts to translate policy towards how it's applied towards the government and how the government, you know, what I'm saying, uh, uh, behaves in this in the in this digital millennium. And so, you know, I found it interesting. They had a, a, a talk during um, Disrupt with the CTO, Megan Smith, and the deputy CTO, uh, Alexander uh, McGillivray, I believe the name is. And um, you can go on TechCrunch's website and just read the whole piece. But I kind of found it interesting because, you know, eight years ago, we weren't talking about this. This, You know, we were talking about the Internet, but the things that have kind of popped up during Obama's reign that, you know, he doesn't have an impact on, but just the thing that gets lumped underneath his leadership, you know, as it pertains to the internet uh, and how we communicate with each other via, you know, these new just crazy technologies that we weren't even thinking of a decade ago. You know, it's interesting to see how the government tries to not keep oversight over it, but incorporate mm-hmm. it into the, the way that they actually perform. Like, you know, eight years ago, who was, who, you know what I'm saying? The White House wasn't tweeting at you. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. You didn't have you were you didn't have pictures of, of of Obama hooping or playing golf with Steph Curry on Instagram eight years ago. Right. You know what I mean. George George Bush wasn't you know what I'm saying flying into Texas taking selfies with you know what I'm saying the Dallas Cowboys eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So um, to to be fair, eight years ago those would have went up on MySpace, right? Or Kevin Durant's uh, Black Planet page. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Durant's Black Panthers face single-handedly was the aggregator for uh, <laughs> internet content back then. It's the KD algorithm, dog. <laughs> that's, that's what started it, was, it all. He's the real MVP. It was it was MSN 
you know what I'm saying? AOL, Yahoo, and then Kevin Pl- Kevin Durant's Black Panic page. That's like where you went for your news source. Chilling with the honey, son. But I'm trying to try find some shorties to chill with. That's exactly. all. Exactly. Uh, but that's you I mean that that's pretty uh, much it for for disrupt SF. There were some pretty cool things coming out there. I encourage you to go go take a look because it's it's always gives you good insight into you know what I'm saying what some of these you know like rogue startup companies are coming up with now. Like the whole point is about disrupting the industry. And so when you you know if you think about it, there are uh, tons of technologies that came out that are totally disrupting the way that we thought life would be um, being performed, you know, at, at this stage in, in, in our lives, you know, just, you know, like Periscope, something like that. Like five years ago, you know, national media outlets weren't thinking about Periscoping at all. You know what I mean? It wasn't even a concept that entered their mind. And now, you know what I'm saying? You got ESPN holding interviews with athletes and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, just completely over this new technology. So, just keep keep your eyes on the horizon and see what's popping up. You never know what might be creeping. Yeah, uh, Twitter was actually one of the ones at disrupt a bunch of years ago, and that was before that they really hit big. So you always got to keep your eye on that event specifically because you're right. That is where the new stuff, where the new flavor comes from. And now, usually. and now, you know, what I'm saying Twitter is live streaming NFL games on Thursday nights. Right. You know about I mean? that. So like, you never know what technology comes you know out of left field and all of a sudden dominates the this uh, uh the the media formats you know what i'm saying for years to come right so off of that um uh, one of the things that we didn't get to talk about while we were while, while we did our, our two-man weave pause the um when the iphone 7 was announced and released this past friday there was another announcement in there with uh, Swift Playgrounds, which is Apple is trying to get kids into iOS app development, which is very uh, a really good goal to have, especially given that Objective-C is one of the worst languages in all of technology. Here, here. Um, pardon me, I'm a developer, and Objective-C is uh, like... Objective um, D. Two hobos. Uh, Objective C is like two hobos fucking in a shoe full of piss. Oh, Jesus. That's that's awful imagery, dog. Like shout That's out, a very big shoe. <laughs> shout out to Deadpool. That's one of my favorite quotes from there. Um, yeah, Objective C is terrible. But Swift Playgrounds looks to have it dumbed down enough for kids to hop in there and actually make working, useful apps. So... Um, Kwame, is your is your oldest enough old enough to get into this? Um, so <clears throat> I I kind of pre-screened it and I went through it and looked at it and played around with it. It would be something that I would have to work with her on. I think there are other apps for younger kids that do a much better job of broaching the fundamental building blocks of computer science and programming in general um, to them. Uh, but what I do like about I mean, what I like about uh, uh, Swift Playgrounds is it's very, I mean, it is polished. It is very well polished and put together and it's smooth, which is hard to do on an iOS device. If you think about it, like that just speaks to the level of uh, complexity that these chips that they're pumping out now uh, are capable of handling. Um, And so it's portable. 
it's something that you can take with I, I would say it's more for maybe somewhere in the range of 10 to 12 to start off with mm-hmm. um, mm. but it's I, I, I like it I would definitely see myself um, using it you know personally uh, just because it, it brings the concepts uh, in a very easy to learn manner. The, like I said, the problem is the language. You know, like my my, my eight year old daughter doesn't understand some of the words that they're using to convey the um, those programming ideas to them or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, if if I had to give it like out of five stars, I would give it like a three point five, just out of like what it's accomplished, what it's trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that's specifically for like that under ten market, like a three point five out of five. Mm-hmm. You know, for an older group it would probably be closer to a four or four point five, just because I think there's a lot that you can do with it and carry forward to other programming languages. So question for you, Quam. Um Yeah. So what about that um that that same type of capability in the um in the Apple T V? Because I think doesn't they have don't they have that uh or they put that um you know that programming language in the apple tv so that kids could also get the apps popping on there um as a developmental tool that's a good question i didn't i actually didn't know that it was uh it's it's called swift right or something like that yeah 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 uh yeah yeah, Yeah, so they built it in there so i mean because it's it's ultra complicated on um on xcode uh but then, you know, they have the Apple TV version, but I hadn't heard of this new one that you guys have brought up today. So, Oh, okay. I, I kind of get what you're saying. So it's, it uses the Swift, like, um, paradigm. You know what I mean? Uh, it's only for the iPad. Uh, mm. But it, it, so the goal is to kind of build up those concepts so that you are able to now to then program for the iPhone, iPad, the Mac, or the, the Apple Watch okay. or Apple TV. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I know on the Apple TV it was it was kind of similar. Like, you know, we we're not Apple's not going to build a, a console system anytime soon for gaming or anything right. like that. So they were like, ah, oh, you know, we'll build in this functionality, and you know, that way uh, kids can make their own games. So um, I was just curious as to see like what the the learning curve on that might be versus uh, for that thing that you were talking about. I mean, it's something that I'm gonna keep playing around with because I want to see how far, like, how much uh, of a of a foundation in programming does it give you in general, and then with Swift as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, based off of that, that'll tell you. All right, well, this is something that I or you know a kid would continue on learning to progress to to getting to those heights. Um, you know, if I build a little functional app in this software, is it something that uh, would inspire me to continue, or is it just like, ah, oh, that's nice? Like right. A couple other programming languages, and you just kind of move on. Right. Right. No, that's dope, though. I haven't, I haven't really looked into it uh, deeply, but you said that it it follows the Swift paradigm, so that means that is it. <laughs> Is it's really more visual than text based? Um, well, the app itself is is um, I don't know if you've if you've ever taken like a really I don't want to call it stupid a really basic low level introductory to programming course um, something like Scratch, which is you know the, what MIT produced, mm-hmm. or um, I, f- I forget what the other one is where they're like 
it's it's like a programming language built on a programming language mm. and so like they're able to use really simple concepts to accomplish you know things that would take more lines of code in other in other languages um for example like you know you have a a, a 3d avatar on there and your goal is to move him to collect a gem you know and you start off with saying you know move forward you know is the is the programming command and and you know for a fact that there's much more going into that underneath you know what i'm saying behind the scenes in the app mm-hmm. um but it's a really simple concept just to show the functional nature of programming like move forward did you get the gym no you actually have to say move forward three or four times in a row and then after that you introduce the loop concept of you know so you're not typing four lines um and then after that you know you get more complex into that so it's um <clears throat> it really is, it uses the really simple language along with a really beautiful gorgeous um 3d world slash interface with your own little um uh character that you can control named bite that uh b-y-t-e that uh <laughs> Uh, you know, kids can kind of grow to become accustomed to and, and enjoy and become familiar with. Um, so I, I think, like, visually it's astonishing and, and stunning um, programming-wise. I think it does what it needs to do. It's a little bit complex if you're under 10, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great introduction for kids, especially when you're like, you know what, you know, here, go play with the iPad while I, I you know what I'm saying, cook dinner or something. You don't want to watch TV or something. Right. Okay. Boom. Do you think your boy is is uh does he, does he show any penchant for programming or tech really? Uh, nah, he's not really into the, the create create stage. Now, like like for real, like he 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 wasn't really on the you know what I'm saying the blocks type stuff. Like he never really was on the you know what I mean creative aspect. He more mm-hmm. so into the destruction. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> So I don't I don't know that he could sit there and, and try to you know what I'm saying create something, um, on a, on a, on a PCP program or anything like that. I think he's just ready to either you know what I'm saying play a game that destroys something or destroy the entire system. <laughs> now, the bear in the server room. Now do now do your kid do your kids in your class do are they just more consumers attack or do any of them show anything like now the shorties coming up? They're strictly consumers and it's like. Mm. Um, I even like I went as far as one year, um, like every week I highlighted like a kid, you know, entrepreneur, and I was showing them the kids their age were you know doing things and they were making money and it was just like totally foreign to them that someone that's thirteen or fourteen could you know start a business or design something that could be profitable. Right. Um, I, I don't I don't think it's a reality to to these kids at all. Mm. Real quick. I mean, but 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 from like you know what I'm saying the in the greater perspective like. How many of us, you know, grew up, you know what I'm saying, that saw actually entrepreneurs, like someone actually make a, That's real. You know, a living and like, like it was a viable option. Like, you know what I mean? If I just make an invention or if I just, you know what I mean, do this, I can be set. Like, it's not a common, you know what I mean, occupation. That's real. Uh, yeah, you threw me off with the term viable option, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, Pops definitely did, uh, you know what I'm saying, do the African festival vending. Yeah. the calorie shell bracelets and, uh, and the rings and, and the, the oils. oils. And yes, sir. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily term it viable, but you know what I'm saying? It's, uh, in, 
incense is a popular product. He had an entrepreneurial man. spirit. That's all that yeah, matters. That he instilled in me from a young age. Now, Scrap, you famously quit computer science in Howard. Look, man. Um, Look, bruh. <laughs> Go ahead. Finish, finish <laughs> your <laughs> comment. Do Shout you out to high tech. <laughs> <laughs> Do you didn't even see know us? I had Floto. <laughs> Did you see yourself getting your boy? Do you see yourself getting your boy into into the other side of tech instead of just being a consumer? Uh, yeah, man. Um, cause let's see, yeah, I mean, it, he he's two. He's literally two months old today, but um. Yeah, we got to start planning yeah, now. I mean, you're right, right, but yeah, I think the plan moving forward is give him maximum exposure to everything and let him choose. I mean, so that's why I'm taking taking notes on the things that we're talking about here and um, you know, making note of the programs that are out there cuz I mean, my problem is like I'll dive into something heavy for 3 weeks and then I'll I'll dive into something else. Like I'll get bored because um, a lot of this stuff is self-taught but for me and you know looking looking forward for him is like try to build some type of consistency and it is it you know maybe he won't be uh on the developer side maybe he will just be strictly consumer like you know 98 percent of us but um you know it's for me it's a it's a valuable skill to learn whether or not you use it um professionally or not because it teaches you how to think differently um, so yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'll try to impress that upon him, but you know, we'll see moving forward. And, and let me just say real quick that, you know, I don't think any of us have a choice, you know, about whether or not we're going to introduce, you know what I'm saying? This to our kids or not. Like this is, this should be as fundamental a concept, you know what I'm saying? That we have in the classroom as like mathematics or, or, you know, whether it's trigonometry or, or, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, social studies or whatever, mm-hmm. like computer science needs to be, you know, a mandatory subject just through the way that the, the world is trending right now. Like, even if you don't use it to ha- understand, like you're saying, the basic concepts, concepts of it allows you to relate to others. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've never used calculus in my life outside <laughs> of the classroom mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. in my life. And yet it was, you know. You know, kind of, you know, forced upon me, shoved down my throat, you know what I'm saying, when we were in high school or whatnot. Um, I understand that it is useful in under industries, but I've never personally used it. I think computer science and some basic form of computer programming, even, you know, saying something much simpler as web development, whether it's just, you know, HTML, you know, I'm saying crash course needs to be instilled in our kids if we want, if we ever want them, you know, to kind of, you know, be at the forefront of, of, you know what I'm saying? Whatever industry that they head into, mm-hmm. like understanding those basic concepts is critical. Mm-hmm. But I think I think on a more base level is that um, a creative, you know what I'm saying, innovative society, you know what I'm saying? Like in that if they don't if you cannot find the app that it is that you want or something that services the needs that you have, that you are well within your capability to create something. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that Dealing with, you know, the kids that I deal with, middle-aged kids, you know, I'm talking about 6th, 7th, 8th grade, so, like, you're 11 through about 15. It's like they don't even realize that they have an option to create something otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, like, that's not even a, that's not even in that normal thought process. Remember, these are, you know, millennial kids, and they're from the Internet, wherein the Internet has everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? You can search anything and find everything. So if it's not there, then it's just not, you know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of their thought process, but... Um, 
raising your kids with the, you know, understanding that they can change the world and they can be innovators and, and come up with products and services that, you know, fill needs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is is really big. I mean, cause, I mean, we were just talking about Disrupt San Francisco. There's all of these, you know, um, combinators and accelerators for businesses. You know, how many how many of them are like digital web based applications that are built to ex- establish, if not a direct need to an end user, then a uh, uh, an intermediate, you know, business to business product or you know that's right. not being. Uh, uh, well, you know what I'm saying? It, that's not covered right now with what's out there in, in the in the marketplace. Like it, just like you were saying, you know, if 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 somebody wasn't, you know what I mean, if you couldn't find this, all of a sudden you had a business. That's like that's that's where the idea for a business started. Like somebody wasn't serving this need, I can get out in here and service this need, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, uh, and and if you don't have this fundamental understanding of how programming works and you see you know, this lack of the market, not servicing an individual or a group of individuals, you know, you need to be able to respond and jump on that. That's how, you know what I'm saying? These business, that's how businesses are supposed to work. Right. And I think there, there is that aspect and it is an important aspect, but also, I mean, you know, kids are learning, they're acquiring these skills today and they just do cool shit with it. Like it, it maybe it doesn't serve like you know it's uh, um, a greater uh, societal purpose or something like that. But they're doing, they're they're pursuing things that they're interested in. They're applying uh, that knowledge of computer science and programming and and developing to it. So like for instance, like uh, last year Lawrence went to. Um, I think it was called like Comedy Hack or something like that. And it was a group of writers um, focused on uh, uh, comedy. Um, and they they basically mashed these writers up with developers. And they came up with like comic apps, you know? So like just mm. cool stuff like that. Like if, you, if you're like a, a stats dude or something like that and you really like football or something, like make an app that, you know, tracks, you know, so many... Uh, whatever pick a statistic and you know does something cool and makes a cool graph on an app for your favorite player or something like that like just you know explore it doesn't have to be you know groundbreaking we're not trying you know change right. the world with some of these things but you, you know th- that one percent will is always going to shine through but these are just things like this this is becoming normal like <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's not it's not something that you want to uh, just mi- just dismiss outright, um, you know, saying like, oh, well, that's too hard. You know, I'm not going to be able to do these like I'm not going to be able to follow this kid like that kid is one in a million who is, uh, you know, made a business or, you know, his app got picked up by Apple or something like that. And he made, you know, how many millions of dollars like this is just the way things are, you know, use that and, and go forward. Right. And uh, I think that's important to push to the kids that it really does not have to be a unique flower that's groundbreaking and never been done before and, you know, out of left field. And, you know, it it just has to be so exclusive and special that it puts a lot of pressure on them because people have to people realize or they should realize that. All of the big names that we have now came from something right. else. You know, we we had Black right. Planet and what was the other one? Mi Caliente? Uh, no, it was, uh, they had uh, Mi Gente. Mi Gente, yeah, the, the Spanish one. 
Those, Asian Avenue. Yeah, those were those were the social media quote uh, social media type also dating type websites back in the late nineties. Right. That's what Facebook came from. That's what MySpace right. came from. And those um, those joints were all you know what I'm saying visual upgrades to you know what I'm saying like the IRC channels and the and the bulletin boards. Exactly, right. you know exactly. The, those all came from BBS. Right. Exactly. The, the, the biggest app. The biggest app right, the biggest dating app right now, Tinder, is basically just hot or not with direct messaging, which is we've had hot or not websites for ever since yeah. since Al Gore created. And I, the I think you guys are honing in on a key concept right here, and that's the phrase source code. You know, you can go mm. on. There are websites out there, communities of of like minded developers and people who are interested in programming, and source code is available for you to take <laughs> and create <laughs> with that so you don't yep. even have to start yep. from scratch you know what like that's a cool app i want to take that app and have it or take that concept and have it do something that i'm interested in tweak a few lines of code and then boom you got your joint so it's not you know right. it's not it doesn't have to be like like you said like a a, a, a genius um revolutionary revolutionary idea you there, there are things out there, there are ways out there to tweak and apply and do cool shit. Mm-hmm. But doesn't, because of like the, the, the financial aspect, wouldn't there have to be something proprietary about something? Like you couldn't be able to like, you know what I mean? I guess some of the coding would have to be fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like I mean, if you, if you intend to um, make money off of it, then yeah, you wouldn't want to put your source code out there. But if you could literally go on a site like GitHub and uh, pull someone's source because it's free. That and that, that's that's the way. That's a that's another kind of difference between you know the '80s and '90s and now is like a lot of these kids are just putting their stuff out there for free because they're not intending. You know, they're not looking to make a billion dollars off of it. They just want to do something cool. Right. Yeah, like you don't. You know, the money doesn't come from the the, the you know what I'm saying the the html markup or anything like that or even your javascript coding like it really the really the big reason that you obfuscate you know what i'm saying all of that stuff is for security purposes you know based yep. off of the way that the the internet works like like you said you can view anything if it's something you know what i'm saying not necessarily proprietary but if you're handling anything sensitive um that needs to be secured that's when you start worrying about protecting it or whatnot like because like the big thing just personally like I think the big thing about the internet is the advertising like that's where yeah. a bulk that is of the, the biggest thing is, is being generated from so um, it's look at the end of the day um, our kids especially our black kids need to get up up on this um, I think it's critical I think it's something that we are falling behind and lacking in um, I think the schools are starting to do a better job with it but I think we could be doing even more um uh, like you know, you're always. I always, you know, what I'm saying, tell my girls, hey, you know, what I'm saying it's Saturday. They're like, can we watch TV? Can we watch TV? You're, you know, it's Saturday. Watch a little bit of TV, but also, you know, what I'm saying we go to the library, we grab some books, and we read books. You know, um, I'd love to start getting them into, you know, what I'm saying as they get a little bit older, a little bit of web development because I think that's one of the uh, simpler parts of, of right. um, computer science and programming. Yep. But like, we got to get our kids exposed to this. Um, because there's so many avenues and so many underserved populations on the internet right now that need something 
that can be delivered to them and that we maybe we're too old to think about it but as our youth as they come up if they have the resources to be able to produce it they can do something about it right i agree uh uh, what a lot of people also don't know is that the internet's favorite internet browser google chrome is actually an open source project you can go and download chrome's source code and look at how google created google chrome have fun and you can actually there's another project i mean there's another uh web browser called vivaldi which is actually built off of chrome and was created by the guy who founded the opera browser so think about that a guy who created his own browser and was actually very successful with it took google source code and made a new browser with that's it. even better so you know it's so you 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 can take inspiration from anywhere and it could be anybody yep. so i think we really do need to get that into our kids of color that it doesn't like you said it doesn't have to be revolutionary it just has to be something just give us something and iterate on it make it better you know start out with that app that gives you your favorite football player stats then add a search box so that I can search for any football right. player. Then add projections for fantasy football. And then from there, you know, who knows? So um, you know, just get it in front of their in front of their faces, get it in their hands, let them play, let them mess up, let them make mistakes. Because I'll I'll tell you guys this story this really quickly. I used to volunteer with a with the organization that would get kids into STEM. And um, we would do a robotics competition. And one of the kids was on the build a robot side. And we were down a programmer. And so I pulled him aside and I said, yo, you want to you want to learn programming? And he said, yeah, sure. I always was interested in it, but I didn't know anything about it. He didn't know anything, literally nothing, zero about programming. Um, The code that they use is a is a is a broken down version of C. It's, it's very simple. C minus minus? <laughs> <laughs> you could call it that. But what blew my mind was I started teaching him the basics. I, I taught him what an integer was, what a variable was, what a string mm. was. And then I taught him very simply what an if-then statement was and what a loop was. Mm. That's it. I just taught him those simple things. I left to go get lunch. And when I came back, this dude wrote a whole damn program. (laughs) And I was like, yo, I didn't teach you how to do that. Where did you learn that? So if you get the right kid with the right stuff in front of him or her, it magic can happen. So I say push it in front of your kids as well as you can. So let's move on to um, we want to give a real quick shout out Kwame to the first black um, what was her title? Uh, first black female uh, librarian yes. of Congress. She's the first black person. She's the first female. She's um, the first black person. <laughs> yes. To be the librarian of Congress previously. Uh, all other librarians of Congress I believe were white males. Um, so it's a monumental achievement. Her name's Dr. Carla Hayden. Um, 
and uh, uh, shout out to her because she used to be at uh, the Enoch Free Library, I believe it's called, in uh, Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? And when they were going okay. through their struggles, you know what I'm saying, with the Baltimore riots and whatnot, she kept the library open, which I think is a wonderful, wow. powerful statement um, about, you know, what a library is supposed to be for. Um, and I, it, I don't know, low key, like, I don't know how much anybody really knows about the Library of Congress. Like, they, they, because, you know, it's in the title. They, you know, I know. You know, they serve, <laughs> you know, I, know. I, I know you. I know you know. Um, but, but, you know what I'm saying? They serve the Congress, you know what I'm saying, in their research requests and whatnot. But they also have input regarding um, like co- copyright law and the yeah. DMCA, the D- Digital Millennium uh, uh, co- uh, co- copyright. copyright Act or whatnot, which, you know, yeah. as you know, these days it's huge on all of these, you know, what I'm saying media sites and whatnot as to what can and cannot be shown and hosted um, regarding who owns these or whatnot. So like they, they it's a, a powerful position. I'm very proud. It's something like. I learned about this tonight, so I'm going to show the girls this morning or tomorrow morning um, just to show what uh, they are capable of and what they can do. So shout outs to her. Shout outs to Dr. Carla Hayden. Yeah, definitely ran into your man, Ab, you know what I'm saying? While I was researching in the annals of the Library of Congress, coming home, you know what I'm saying? After the tired joint, he's in the elevator like, I just can't copyright some music, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. It definitely is a ridiculously dope resource. You know what I mean? Once you get your stuff copyrighted, it's automatically added to the uh, library. You know what I mean? Um, the stuff in there, you know, dates back to fucking... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not like... Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like, it is crazy. Like, it dates I mean, I was back doing, to... Yeah, yeah I was doing, BC. Um, I was doing a, a research paper on colonial America. So I'm talking like 1600, 1619 that time. And I was able to find like handwritten letters, you know what I'm saying? Like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. Wow, it's yeah. dope. That's awesome. I don't know what a library is. That's something where books are, right? Look here, Cannon. All right, uh, libraries are dope. I, I'll take your word for it. I think Guru put in one of his li- in one of his rhymes. You said Guru? Yeah. The gifted? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right then. <laughs> yeah, well, in that case, then I, I may have to go back and listen to find out what a library is. I, whatever. I'm at that joint three times a week, homie. Damn, homie. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know what? Let's talk about a library of video. YouTube oh, thought, has been. Skirt, skirt. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say Pornhub, but okay, go ahead. That's uh, where I thought we were going too. <laughs> that is that is for another podcast. I don't know. I don't know whether to be relieved or disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so YouTube has been around for a very long time, especially to kids who don't even know a, an internet without YouTube. But believe wow. it or not, there was an internet without YouTube. <clears throat> yep. Um, one of the first gigantic major hits of YouTube. Was called Yeah, it's the Juggernaut, bitch. Classical. Which is nine minutes of an overdub of a, of an episode of the animated X Men series with a bunch of a bunch of dudes. And I really wish that you know one of these days I, I can run into those dudes and talk to them. <laughs> but shout out to them. Maybe we can get them on the podcast. Let's you know, do it. You're, you're known from you're known for his voice. Hell his yeah. Bar, like. Is, is is that you, Juggernaut? I'm be like, yo, that is the fucking Juggernaut right there, son. 
I heard you. I heard you, dog. So I just wanted to shout out. Um, it's been 10, 11 years since that video hit YouTube and um, pretty much brought YouTube into, you know, black communities as far as comedy because there really wasn't that much on YouTube other than maybe a couple tutorial videos. Cat videos. Cat videos. Music videos weren't even on YouTube at that time. Yeah, I don't even remember what was on YouTube, dog. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Ab, because I remember we were in the basement in Ab's room, and he was like, yo, you got to see this joint. (laughs) And from there on, I was like, this is it. This is it. So um, I just wanted to shout that out real quick. Big influence in the comedy, especially for us, because we're funny... You got well. You guys are funny dudes. I, I don't know how funny I am, but you guys are funny dudes, and I think that showed us that there are people out there that are funny in the way that we're funny, yes. right? So you know, shout out to that connection of like, yo, people out there actually do this shit and it's funny. <laughs> and then and then we got them drop get it woke and get it right. choked. I don't know. If we had the video for it, we would have been famous. If we would have, if we would have recorded it on video. On Son, YouTube. I had, I had, mm-hmm. I had the storyboards for the video, dog. We'd be the, we'd be the, we'd be the turquoise jeep. Son, dog. I was gonna we'd do my here. verse in the bathtub, son. <laughs> I was ready. I don't, I don't know what you guys are referring to. Um, I'm not sure what, what uh, this album that you. Look, man, uh, shout out to the listeners, man, real quick. Your man, Quam, spit the verse of the album, all right? So, so I don't know why he's faking like that, but... A six-by-six slam. It was dope. It was dope. You'll never hear it, but it was dope. No. (laughs) No, you will not. (laughs) Hot take. Hot take, you know what I'm saying? Your boy Don Digger ruined the hood. He had he videotaped it. You know what I'm saying? We'd all be in a better place right now. I blame Don Digger for my life right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. Uh, all right. Speaking of rap, uh, boom, you brought a video to us about mumble rap and this new phase of young bulls not really saying shit, which is not really a new thing. Because Crunchy Black never said shit for about 10 years. I rob, I steal. <laughs> Maybe put your body in a field. This is true. So, you, you want to uh, talk on that? Yeah, so I think it's interesting. Um, and I think this might be a, a comment to, I mean, it might be uh, added to a conversation we had with uh, the boy, young Chris. Um, just talking about the um, stagnation of hip-hop. And it's like... Remember we talked about how there's not adult contemporary and it's not broken down into subgenres. It's just R and B and hip hop. Hip hop. So it's like you know whatever's out, what's popular now is gonna get played. They're gonna get spin. They're gonna be, you know. Shout out to Angie Ainge. Right, the real one. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, it was basically saying like this mumble rap should be you know what I mean put into a subcategory. I, if they don't want to acknowledge, you know what I'm saying, like like your boy Lil Yachty, you know what I'm saying, the the past and the greats, then put them in their own category. Let it be like, you know what I mean, that 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 crunk rap or, you know what I'm saying, or let it be that trap rap. Let it be something in that category so they can compete amongst themselves. But 
um, there's a video where you know Cassidy and people like uh, Pete Rock and and Ninth Wonder are saying, you know, hip hop. You know what I'm saying? The the beatboxing. I mean, not the the DJing, the breakdancing, the graffiti, the the rapping. Like it, it was, it's an art form, and in its essence, you know what I'm saying. The the MC wanted to show you that he was the best because of what right. he said. You know what I mean, there was there was a lot of consideration into what he said and how it is he said it. You know what I mean? Like that was that's what made you a better MC than somebody else. You know what I mean? That's what gave you fame, you know what I'm saying? That's what gave you rep on the block or rep in the in the cafeteria, which puts you, you know, in, in situations where you can battle somebody else or go against somebody else from another area. These dudes have zero interest in that. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like and if that's the case, why are we trying to, you know, put them into this mold? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like Lil Yachty said, like, you know what I mean? I why like if I'm making money and I'm doing it this way, why are you criticizing me? Like, you know what I mean? I don't I'm using my own playbook and it's working out. Uh, CeeLo Green released a quote. He was like, um, hip-hop used to be an Ivy League institution where you had to study and, and, and put forth, you know what I'm saying, great product to be recognized or being acclaimed. Now it's community college, you know what I'm saying, where <laughs> anybody and everybody can get in and the only prerequisite is you, is you can uh, rhyme cat with hat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> which I, which I, I actually disagree with him, but... Um... I, I, I just I just feel like, you know what I mean, they should be in their own kind. Like, this is what's popping right now. Like, I, Scrap said a couple episodes back about the Snap music and the Jermaine Dupree. Like, let that be in their era. Let that be, you know, the best, you know, crunk rapper, the best, you know, trap rapper, the best whatever. But when you're talking about, you know what I mean, the best MC, you know what I mean, they don't even want to be in that category. So why do we keep trying to put them in there? I mean, I, I and I, I agree. Like, I you know, just... Put them in trap music. Like I think it's it's there for them, and I think you know it's a term that's already you know what I'm saying being being used. Um, let them uh, execute their own their own genre in that you know under there and, and, and trap music, you know, and and you have your other uh, other genres as well. Like you have, um, I mean, you like you've got pop music, you've got uh, bluegrass, all this jazz. You got trap music. You've got just because they use the same general. You know what I'm saying? 808s or or whatever that other lyricists might use doesn't indicate that they have to be a part of the same genre. You know what I mean? Like you're using, you got heavy metal rock and roll, you've got alternative rock and roll. You know what I'm saying? You got soft rock. You know, so I don't see. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Why there can't be a differentiation between different types of rap music? Um, because I, look, I I blatantly remember at the same time that I was listening to Goody Mo B. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day. You know what I'm saying? On my boombox, I definitely remember that uh, uh, the TRU album was definitely playing as well. And I don't equate the two at all in terms of their lyrical qualities or whatnot. Um, but, you know what I'm saying? There were two completely different genres of rap in my mind. Both of them got equal play in my hood in Milwaukee. So, you know, it's been like that forever. Um, I don't and, and I don't want to say that uh, uh, one side is right, one side is wrong. I just think that they're different. You know what I'm saying? And you're always going to have arguments about this type of music going forward, whether past or future. You know what I mean? I think, How do you feel about... Oh, go ahead. I, I think the problem is um, when you have psychedelic rock and you have soft rock and you have British rock and you have hardcore and heavy metal, I think the problem is you don't have the Beatles comparing themselves to what... To, they, the Beatles aren't comparing themselves 
to um the wall. Uh who who's that band? Oh, um Pink yeah. Floyd. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the problem. You have these rappers who are in the trap music, but comparing themselves to rappers who aren't in that genre, and I think they put themselves in that place. Do they? Do they do that? Yes, they do. Yo, Lil Lil Yachty, I think he was trolling. I'm not sure if he was serious about it, but he just came out and said that Drake was better than Biggie and Tupac. Um, he's also young. He probably never really listened to Biggie or Tupac or that impact of Biggie and Tupac don't resonate on him. But for you to come out and say that as as a like you believe that is a fact, Drake is better than these two. When Drake wouldn't technically even be in the same hip hop genre as Biggie and Tupac. I I mean, I, I agree. But what do you? What, how do you feel about the the uh, ninth wonder argument? He was just saying, I think it's us, you know, other people taking it too seriously and literally. In that, you know, when we were kids or when we were coming up in hip hop, you know, Vanilla Ice was the hottest in hip hop, and he had a cartoon and TV shows and MC Hammer that had the same. And you know, the real people that were, you know, fucking hip hop heads were not like, you know. Super, like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck, uh, Hammer, he's trying to, you know, like, you know what I mean? Then people were like, MC, Her- MC Search and shit like that, but it was just like, they recognized it as trash and not, you know what I mean? Like, you still listen to what you want to listen to. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you heard that Hammer, you know, joint came out, but you still and, and copied third base, so you copied that's, the Beastie that, Boys. That's a long... So why can't we just fucking... Finish? Why can't we just acknowledge that it's fucking not us and it's trash and it's, you know, popping as far as what's popping right now and... Listen to the shit that we like, and you know, talk I, about I the think, shit that we like. I think that this is actually a really interesting conversation. Um, I think that MERS kind of had a, an appropriate response to the mumble rap, uh, you know, criticism and, and everything. And he was, he was, he was, he's been on the record as a saying, you know what, you know, when when LL was coming out and you had, uh, you know, and he was rapping a certain way. Um, totally different from what Grandmaster Flash and, and, and the, the hip-hop founders, what they how they conceived what rap was and, and their stage presence and their costumes and everything. You got this young kid who's got an entirely different swag, not just limited to LL, but, you know, coming up through the 80s, you know, going, going through others' 80s acts, you know. Like, how did they view, you know, was there all types of criticism and, you know, uh, you know this isn't real hip-hop, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, like what's gonna stick around is the real stuff. Like that's why I'm not concerned with mumble rappers. Okay, yeah, we can put them in a box, and you know we can uh, we can separate them, um, put them in a, a separate genre. But I think all four of us know that shit's not gonna last. Like that shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it'll get radio play, but it's not it's not gonna have a lasting impact in the annals. Of hip hop, I mean, you know, I can agree with that because I think at one point we all thought that snap music was going to kill everything, and look at where we are now. Snap music disappeared what one or two years after it really jumped right. off, and and Death, and, that's, and that's my point. It's like you know what, it, it, this is an interesting uh, uh, discussion within the culture itself. You know, is it 
is it going to break off? Is it, is it going to go? Is it going to keep growing and, you know, separate itself completely? Is it is it going to fold on itself because people are going to realize that it really is shitty and it's not going anywhere? Um, but that's why I, I'm like, boom, I feel you. Like, I understand, like, you want to you want to celebrate hip hop and you want the next generations to to really understand what hip hop means and 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 where it comes from and understand the roots and the historical um, relevancy of it, but if you know, you know, you can't you can't make the horse drink water, dog. Like you can only lead it to the well or right. lead it to the pond. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you either they're either gonna get it. And we'll be happy, like oh, you know, you can look at him like a proud father, or at the, or or just like, well, you're never gonna get it, and that's okay too. So go somewhere. But why is this? But why is this like only relegated to you know music or specifically this art form? Like you don't see motherfuckers coming out like you know what I'm saying Andrew Wiggins or some shit like. Fuck Jordan. Like I don't know. I don't even know. Like you know what I'm saying Jordan's stats or like you know what I mean? like you, you don't see. You know, you see deference in every other arena. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why is it just that? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say, um, the Biggie and Tupac point, just that, by itself isolated, um, I think you could put that in the same thing as, like, uh, Pistol Pete and all of those ballers who did pass away because, you know, Wiggins and Ben Simmons aren't aren't saying... Not, not that they would say fuck Pistol Pete, but you know they're not, they're not talking about those ballers that passed away. Jordan's still alive, Magic's still alive, Bird's still alive. So, but th- there, are, but there are right, kids yeah. out there who's like Kobe's the greatest ever, LeBron's the LeBron's yeah. the greatest ever, and that's okay. But we we do ha- we have context for these things. These young kids may not right. have the necessary context that you need to look at uh, to to approach this. This issue, right? And um, let me let me just say that Ninth Wonder did expand on that video that he put out. He expanded on that on Twitter, and he he actually in, went into a point that we talked about on a previous episode about your influences growing up, to where you know these kids growing up now, their parents are listening to a certain type of music. And it may not be Pete Rock in DJ Premier. You know, it's probably T.I. Mm-hmm. or Rick Ross or Drake because they're popular. Right. Um, or they were popular at, at a certain point. So it, he, he just he basically rehashed the argument that we had about who are your influences? Why do you think that these kids grow up liking the type of stuff that they like? And you pretty much came to the same conclusion as us. It's just who who influences you and who was influencing them. Hey man, and 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 that's fine, and that's fine. That's what it, I, that's why I don't get hung up on. Man, these kids are ruining hip hop. Like I'm gonna listen to the shit that I like, you know. And mm-hmm. there are other true artists out there who want to reflect. Or, or, or are able to reflect that uh, kind of historical deference um, to hip-hop culture through their own music, you know? And that's why I'm like, these, like these kids, it's, 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 it's a fad, man. Like, they're getting their money, congrats, you know? 
I'm, I'm happy for you. You're doing your thing. You're about to party. You think that racism doesn't exist. That's fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, I, I live in a different world than you. So that's why I'm not like too concerned. Right. And you can raise your child just like Boom can raise his and Kwame right. can raise and his. And I think I think that uh, actually Chris had a good point on this. Like, you know, there are there's certain type of music for certain situations. Like if I'm if I'm mm-hmm. in the club, you know, okay, mumble rap it's about to beat anyway. <laughs> They're not saying shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's fine. Like it has its place. Now, if we want to, like I say, you know, you want to box it up and, and put it in a separate genre, that's fine, you know, but the context in the situation matters. But over the long term, I think it matters even more. All of, all, I agree. All I know is I'm not, you know what I'm saying, turning up with shots while I'm listening to, to Pimp a Butterfly in the club. Right. Right. <laughs> right, but I, I, I agree because I remember, you know what I'm saying, being at Howard, you know what I'm saying, when that Kells. Bless the streets with feeling on your booty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Being able to experience that in a club, man, like it was just Amazing. yeah, yeah, it's, it's magic. I heard. I'm sorry that kids these days will miss that. I apologize to my son on a daily. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because it was glorious. It was like you know what I mean. Rumor has it, allegedly. <laughs> it was glorious. Again, shout out to Henny Palooza because. Uh, there were there were a lot of songs played that I have no idea because I don't listen to the radio and I don't know what the kids are listening to, but when it came on, it was mm. on. It, it was, was on. Time. F- found you a thick jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rocco yeah. lives a crazy life, bro. Shout out to DJ Rocco. That's my hero. Dog. Man's life, dog. I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> Hundred dollar bills, got one 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 hundred dollar bills. All right, so let's let's uh move into the black business of the week. And just a reminder, these are free. Nobody's paying us to do these. Um and 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 yet? Not yet. Oh, yeah, not yet. Um, so if you want a black business shout out, please email us podcast at defconjive.com because we will what, shout you out. What's that address again? Oh, that address is uh, podcast at defconjive.com. I'll add us on Twitter too. Okay. Get at us, DCJ Podcast. Tell us that you want to be the black business of the week. We will read whatever you put in front of us. Hashtag BLTW. Tell your moms, tell your side joints, tell everybody. Defcon Jive. <laughs> you got extra close to the mic for that. I job, did. You? I did. <laughs> it's, it's like the black really older. Like you about to go some real monster shit. So this week I got two for you. And oh, also reminder: we don't just do businesses. We also do books. As Kwame is as as so eloquently brought on a few occasions. Reading is fundamental. What what the listeners the so listeners do. don't realize is Kwame is able to read ten books a week. Like it's a fantastic skill. Yeah. I don't know how he has the time or the energy to do that. With three children, it is amazing. With three children, kids are in bed at eight. Football's only on three days out of the week, so <laughs> four days, Kwame. Am I tripping? <laughs> Wait, no, you're right. Three days. Nah, it's four. It's four. No, days. four days. Four days. Four days. I'm right. Yeah, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, true. True enough. 
Yeah. Plus ten. Shout out to shout out to shout out to Lamar Jackson on Saturday. Yeah. Um, all right. So the businesses. I got you guys, Rogers Travel Incorporated, the oldest African American owned travel agency in America. They were founded in 1949, and they're they're in the History Makers Collection in the Library of Congress. Sounds like one-way trips to Florida for retirement. (laughs) (laughs) So they actually specialize in corporate and government travel, and they focus on complex and VIP travel. So, uh, Scrap, you probably could have used them, but you probably went with some whack-ass travel. Well... We're, we're forced before. to uh, for business travel anyway we're forced to go with uh, uh, you know a company is probably owned by uh, slave masters so you know <laughs> there's that so but the flip side is they also do vacation travel and uh, they have a very close partnership with American Express and they have features for card holders so <laughs> go to RogersTravel.com for details for that, and on the on, and related to that, uh, when you go on travel, you got to protect your face, right? You do, you do. Protect your face from that Absolutely. sun, right? Shout out to Remy on that Disney cruise right Remy now. Remy has all the norovirus right now, dog. Uh, <laughs> Every single so strand. Bad. He's an incubator. <laughs> so I got you guys unsun sunscreen. So the founder, Catania Bro, uh, she preferred sunscreen that was all natural and right. hated the white film that it left behind because, you know, you, you rub that joint on your face, paws, and <laughs> you look like fucking Casper the Ghost and shit. So she specifically made this joint for people of color, and right. it's free of potential potentially harmful ingredients. So um, if you head over to unsuncosmetics.com, you can cop yourself SPF 30 tinted mineral sunscreen. And, uh, you know, mm. that way you can dodge that sun cancer. Right, right. Mm. You know. So get yourself some travel. Get yourself some sunscreen. Be out there on that beach in that two-piece that you probably shouldn't be wearing because you ain't been with to the gym. Which is side like, joint. Two years. Do it with your side joint. You know what I mean. You got that. You got that beer belly. You got that dad belly. You know. Hey, I worked hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're moving on to our favorite segment, what you've been listening to, and we're going to start it off with Kwame because he's about to talk for about four hours on what no, he's been not. listening to. <laughs> right. Nah, son. I just actually came up on some on some good joints or some some new joints this week. Um, <clears throat> the the first I'll start in order of what I liked uh, the least to what I liked the most. Um, <clears throat> the first was a collaboration between Paul Banks and the RZA, uh, Banks and Steels, anything but words. Banks and Steels in the building, flash the camera. I'ma drop the hammer. Things done change the hip hop since then. Bobby out the slammer. Hip hop start on the east coast and it move west now down to Bama. I'ma bring it back to New York. Hold those bus and throw your hands up. It's an eclectic mix of it's like it's half it's half hip hop album, half alternative rock. Um, like there's no meshing of the genre. It's like they are like all right, we're gonna do one track this way, one track that way. Um, they've got a few joints on there. Um, I, I, I found it kind of meh, 
but you know, I, I you know, it's out there. If you're a RZA fan, if you're a Paul Banks fan, maybe you'll enjoy this. Um, no, no. What, specify what kind of RZA fan. Uh, if you're if you're a hard if you're a sort of RZA fan, you might like this. <laughs> not a razor, not the razor, not um, the razor. If you're a Bobby Digital fan, you will not like it. Um, okay. But you know, everybody everybody <laughs> might have their joints. Uh, the next is uh, DJ Shadow. Um, yes. He's got a joint called "The Mountain Will Fall." Dope. I actually really like there. He's got a joint on there with Run the Jewels that absolutely slays. Um, uh, it, it, it reminds me of uh, what's the cat's name? Uh, RJD2. Uh, reminds mm-hmm. me a bit of him a little bit, which I really dig as well. Really cool. Um, so I, 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 I yeah. highly recommend that album as well. Yeah. Um, I found out about DJ Shadow years and years ago, almost over 10 years ago now, because of RJD2. Because I was such a big fan of mm. Dead Ringer, and then I don't I don't remember what got me over to DJ Shadow, but I remember finding out that DJ Shadow was similar to RJD2, and I started listening to that. And man, DJ Shadow! And then on top of that, Uncle, the first Uncle album, which is DJ Shadow and somebody mm. else, is really awesome. Mm-hmm. So please, no, continue. no, just I mean another uh, recommendation is just really dope. Um, go ahead and check that out. Uh, and then the last joint is uh, your boy Vince Staples. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a joint yeah. out there, Prima Donna. Really dope. I, I mean, like I've, I've had that joint on repeat for a minute now. Um, it gets a little bit dark at times. You know, he gets crunk at times. Uh, it's really, really well done. Um, uh, I highly, I highly recommend that joint. He's got a, he's got a, a, a single. Well, I guess it's a single, a single out right now called War Ready. You know, what I'm saying sampling a little bit of Andre 3000 that I really think is is absolutely dope. So <laughs> go check those albums out. Banks and Steels, Anything But Words, DJ Shadow, The Mountain Will Fall, and Vince Staples, Prima Donna. By the way, all of these joints are on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, you mm. can find those joints. You know what I'm saying? For free, listen to a few ads and then go support these artists. Right. So you, so you listen to four albums and read three books a week? Uh, I listen to the albums while I'm reading the books. No words. It's amazing. That's amazing. Scrapper, what you been listening to? Uh, not a whole lot, man. I just... Uh... I turned on the new Mac Miller chain. Yeah. I think I'm stuck inside nostalgia. My mind are in the times when this love is so divine. But now it's feeling like without you. Feeling like how the fuck did we get into a place we ain't accustomed to loving inside of? I know I'm out of my mind more often than not. Mm. I hear that just really smooth. It is, man. It's it's different for him, man. You can see. That Larry yeah, Fisher. You know, he's uh he's growing up a little bit. Is um he's got a little bit more finesse to his lyrics. Um, he's, I didn't really know this, uh, but uh, he's actually like a really dope uh, musician, just generally. Yeah, doesn't he play like, like three or yeah. four instruments? Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, he and yeah. it's all self-taught. He's on rhythm. Yeah, he's um, he's dope, man. So, uh, been checking that joint out a little bit. Haven't 
really dove into it. Um, but I had that joint on in the background, and I liked what I heard, so I'm going to revisit it. Okay. Boom. What you been listening to? Well, uh, per our conversation in the chat, you know what I'm saying, for the listeners, we were talking about, you know, goats and people getting bested on their, you know, on features or on... Versus. Yeah, yeah. My question was, did Jay-Z ever completely wash somebody on a feature? And I think we landed on Blackout as a good example. Mm. Yeah. Definitely is. But um, a, a tangent of the conversation came off and it was um, AZ, the visualizer, ever best Nas, you know what I'm saying, the analyzer on a, on a track, you know what I'm saying? So... After, you know what I'm saying, listening to Life's a Bitch, which I feel like, you know what I'm saying, it's really, really close, you know what I'm saying, visualizing realism of life and actuality. Fuck is the baddest person that has a pencil salary. But um, I found this Mick Boogie mixtape, uh, Executive Decisions. Yeah. It's just... Guns in the glove department, I'm dapper, but love the nonsense, the vapping and of my conscience, I'm strapped when I come to concerts, attack with a hundred monsters, and black and they run the bonkers, be back and become the conqueror, the last of the fucking job like niggas can't be serious, still a grittiest, point blank period, flow tight as a midget's closet, as tight as a prison block, and no sight of polite when we riot, fighting the system, fire, get quiet, when I'm approaching, get tires, jump out the roads, and sit Myers, run out and open, I'm smoking that hot, <laughs> It's all Nas and AZ Yo, joints. And, uh, it's fucking awesome. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> that yeah was so hard. Yeah! Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As soon as Boom said it, I completely forgot about that mixtape. But that mixtape is so awesome. Because... Yeah, it is. It's, like, it's a bunch of tracks, and it's all classic. Yeah. You know, the essence. Mm. J, uh, Mo Money, Mo Murder, you know what I'm saying? Just... And Mick Boogie is like a real live DJ. He's the one who does the the summertime mixtapes with DJ Jazzy Jeff. So he does mixes, he does blends, he's scratching on it. So um, Mick Boogie is a real live DJ, so shout out to him. Yep. And for me, I fell into kind of a, a Kanye rabbit hole. Mm. So I went and revisited um, The Life of Pablo. And I've came, I've come, I've come to the conclusion that I really do like that album, hmm. uh, barring a few songs here and there. I, I really do like it's it. It's okay. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's not his best, but it's definitely not his worst. It's, it's a middle right. of the road joint for him. Right. But that sent me on. I went. I started with the most recent and went backwards, and landed all the way back on College Dropout, and the I'm Good mixtape, and the Get Well Soon mixtape. Um. Mm. Man, last call on college dropouts. The all around the world digital underground pock. The root off the red nose reindeer of the rock. I take my chain, my 15 seconds of fame, and come back next year with the whole fucking game. Ain't nobody is sick. Yep. Was so amazing and innovative yeah. at the time yeah. that. He's trying to rap. He's trying to rap. Yeah, the fact that he, he cut in. You know, he did some serious production on it where he, he was telling his story and then he would have the people who were in the story repeating the words that he's telling in the story. Yeah. And I, at that time, we had never heard anything about that. The track is like eight minutes long. And yeah. I I never skip the talking part. I'll always listen to that. Yeah. So um, the, drain, the drain is like one of those... One of those type tracks that gives you goosebumps when you go back and listen to it. It's just like, man, this mm-hmm. is fucking dope. Like, right. you just sit back and you just listen and you just, it's just fantastic. 
Right. And you you get so happy for Kanye because he overcame a failed deal and trying to rap and all the all the pressures on him for picking up and moving from Chicago and going to New York and really trying to make a go of it and then he succeeds. He went to Newark. He went to Newark. Let's be clear. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Newark. <laughs> and he succeeds and he drops this album on Rockefeller which is a really 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 good album uh, classic mm, arguable but really really good what, and college, now he's an asshole college, college dropout yeah Dark Twisted Fantasy is classic I don't like Dark Twisted Fantasy what oh, I actually I actually Oh, that's man. actually my favorite Kanye album, but um, my my favorite joint is part two. Next or part two is the second joint. Um, late, late registration, registration but uh, mm. that's a really good album too. It is. I'm looking next week's topic. I'm looking at I'm looking at College Dropout right now, and um, I mean that was that was a pretty dope album. All yeah. falls down. Jesus walks. Uh, the workout plan. Slow jams. Breathe Never in, breathe let you out. down. Yeah, uh, through the wire. School spirit. Two words. Um, that was a really that was a really dope album. Get them high. Really, really good. Um, shout out to Young Chris. I uh, wish was here because me and him used to go back and forth on Jesus Walks, where for about a year and a half before the album came out. Kanye would release snippets of Jesus Walks on various mixtapes. Yeah, you remember that boom. Where it'd be like the first 20 seconds or maybe the first 25 seconds. And we were so hungry to hear that joint. You know, I never really got on the Jesus Walks train, dog. It's okay to Mm. me. The beat is eh. I can dig that. I mean, it's different. Uh, I like the message, but I was never enthralled with Jesus Walks. I can dig that. Sometimes I skip it. I actually I actually really, really did dig uh 808s and Heartbreak personally. Yeah, I like yeah, I, I like that joint too. Like I'm yeah. like, I'm a I kinda like that weird like eclectic, you know what I'm saying, type of mm. amalgamation of, of music and his you know, like he can't sing worth anything. Um <laughs> and auto tune was barely helping him struggle along. But for some reason it did strike a chord. Where do you guys put graduation on the list? Uh, it's been a while. I need to go back and I'm checking out the track list. Let's 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 do it. Let's do a Kanye a Kanye albums. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah we can rank, we can rank Kanye's yeah. albums because oh, I, yeah, I honestly think graduation is two or three on his list of best albums. Mm. All right, I know. Let's do this week. Okay, yeah. all right. So yeah, go and listen to College Dropout. Because that is a really, really, really good album. And uh, Last Call is phenomenal. It is. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. North New Jersey. <laughs> Lock yourself in a room doing five beats a day for three summers. That's a different world, like Cree Summers. Mm. So, uh, all right. Email us. Podcast at defconjive.com. Hop on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in, search defconjive, defcon one word, and subscribe on all of them joints. Don't listen. You ain't got to listen. Matter of fact, uh, 
Please listen. You, I mean, please listen. But you know, Remy says some stuff, so I don't know if you really yes. want to listen. Oh, you want to hear it? Right. You want to know what it is? We're not gonna put it in there, but you're gonna listen. No, no, you're you're never gonna know what Remy said. It's going, we're going to be on episode 100, and we're still not going to let you know what Remy said. Nope. It's going to be the Watergate tapes, you know what I'm saying? Straight black guy. going to snitch. <laughs> so uh, hit us on Twitter, at DCJ Podcast. I'm about to take over the Twitter, man. You're going to see some crazy DCJ tweets coming out at you. I was about to say, Kwame is actually tweeting now, so. Nice. He, he, all he does is at Harold Melville. That's all he does. You know what I'm saying? All day. Hey, that's a valid Twitter strategy, I think. You know what I'm saying? If I was just to drop snippets of Harold Melville in the blue notes, first off, please, you know what I'm saying, provide the ba- the full band name in there. Boom. If you, you can't just drop Harold Melville because it wasn't just Harold Melville. You know what I'm saying? There were definitely blue notes as a part of the Harold Melville. Uh, mm-hmm. they, had the, they had their own Twitter account. You know what I'm saying? So you guys, you had the at Harold Melville, then you had the at the blue notes. Teddy P you know wouldn't appreciate that. <laughs> Here's the lovey lot. Yeah, boom. Wake up. <laughs> well played. Uh, does that wait? Does that mean that Maze and Frankie Beverly both have separate accounts too? <laughs> so you got at Maze and then you got at and Frankie Beverly. <laughs> Fe- featuring no, there, Frankie there's Beverly. A, there's a Frankie Beverly featuring Maze and a Ma- and a Maze featuring Frankie <laughs> Beverly. <John. laughs> All right, well, if that's all we got, uh, then we out. And this is your boy, Candid, a.k.a. Vince McMahon E. Fresh. It's your boy, Quams, a.k.a. El Chupanabra. It's not happening. <laughs> it's your boy, Scrapper, a.k.a. Scrap Adam. Out here. Dak, daddy, not your daddy, Mac. <laughs> Bitch, you got it crisscross if you think I'm having that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always going to be funny to me. Uh, all right, we out. Done so. Oh, yeah. shit.